0: Subway train, you're calling all the shots. You strip for lightning. You're in love. You take the evening one on one. You're only living to have fun. You want to use take me home tonight. I'll make you wish that you were mine. You strip for lightning.
1: Welcome to Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis, where intelligent dissident thought meets melodic euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nick the Saucy One Cat Source, broadcasting to you as always from the top of Meth Mountain, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my percussively proficient co host, calling in all the way from Charm City, Maryland. You know who I'm talking about, my pal Odell. We're here.
2: What's up, man? How you doing?
1: Let me tell you, man, this has been a really, really tense and kind of fucked up week. I'm glad that I'm ending the last four, three or four days on a high note this Wednesday. I think yeah, this is yeah. going to focus my week because I'll be riding this wave of positive energy after the show tonight.
2: Awesome, awesome. That's always a good thing.
1: Yeah. Um. How is everybody getting over COVID there in Baltimore?
2: Good, good. You know, uh, some things are throwing people off, but overall, we're hanging in there. Um, school starts next week for uh, the kids, so some of them go part-time and virtual and all that stuff. So, working all that kind of stuff out has been a little hectic. And uh, But other than that, man, it's it's, it's what we got to do.
1: Yeah, we mm-hmm. did it. We started doing it last week, and let me tell you, some of these teachers are like ancient. And they are not yeah. ready to do anything virtual. They probably still have flip phones, blackberries. <laughs> They're not ready for any <laughs> of this shit, man. They need to get younger producers oh, in there, I a know. little more tech savvy. All right, um, let's get our producer in here, pressing all of the important sanitized buttons from her hermetically sealed bubble in the next room. It is our fabulous producer, 3D. Does things.
3: That's me. D, what's up, D? We don't uh, even want to
1: talk about what we were talking about um, pre-air about 3D does things.
3: No. Oh, don't Lord. Go, don't go there. Don't go there. Uh, so, I won't yeah. embarrass
1: you and I'll keep that private.
3: I'll have sexy
1: 3D does things no. rhetoric.
3: No. Um, we've been on air together for, what, six, seven years? Something yeah, get
1: like ready to celebrate our 11th anniversary next month.
3: Yeah, so I, I think wow. if I can handle you for that long, then we're good. Uh, really quick, yeah. if you want to know where everything and anything is, including the m- latest review from yours truly, uh, you yeah. can go to musicalosmosis.com. You can also look us up on just about any audio podcast whatnot that you we dig into. We Coming this month on Musical Osmosis, in addition to all the other nifty stuff, we have Squeaky from Year of the Fist coming on, King Buzzo from the Melvins, and Michelle Pinnell from Le Saboteur. So yeah. definitely check those things out, along with the new updates. I Shall think we're out? ready to get
1: to it. I am yeah. bouncing up yeah. and down in my chair. My fidget <laughs> spinner's going a 1,000 miles per hour, so I think we need to get started. <laughs> Tonight's guest is a true rock icon whose career spans over 40 years and whose body of work reaches across multiple genres of music, from punk to industrial to the hair metal heydays of the 80s. Say that three times real fast. His debut full-length album, Rat Out of the Cellar, decimated the Billboard charts and displaced the likes of Prince and Madonna way back in the first 1984, the year of the Rat. And now he is here, as fierce as ever, joining us in this 2020 year at a rat, the formidable, unstoppable, unkillable guitarist, frontman, and all-around metal badass, Stephen Piercy is here. Stephen, what's up, man? How the hell, the hell are you guys?
2: <laughs> Good, man. Welcome.
1: No pressure, <laughs> but you got to get me out of this tailspin of a fucked-up week I had. Oh,
4: yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, uh... There's all these stores that have this green leaf on them all over the place. Stop by one of those.
1: <laughs> Magically delicious. You know, before yeah. we get started, I have yeah. got to congratulate you on your well-deserved inductation to the Medal Hall of Fame. Yeah, I appreciate
4: that, man. And you know what is interesting? When we came out, we didn't think we would go uh, plastic, let alone 20 mil or whatever, you know. So so in, in that, the year of the rat again, here we are, you know, uh, uh, round and round is taking us round and round again. And uh, unfortunately, we were getting ready to go out on this
1: insane tour.
4: We got stopped, but you know what? The, the, we'll be back out there soon enough.
1: Well, you know, I'm glad you brought that up, too, because for the last six months, we always start to show off asking the artists how COVID's impacted their career and their community. And I was looking over just your body of work, your catalog, going all the Uh way from Arcade, Vicious Delight, which is more of a punk type thing, Vertex, which is a pretty rad fucking industrial project you were part of, Um, rad, of Uh course, your solo stuff. I gotta tell you, man. Some of these metal bands from the '80s I grew up with are still living off those six or eight albums. But you're like a true unstoppable, unkillable metal rat. I gotta imagine this uh, COVID slowdown, with as much as you're used to being out on the road and writing and doing, you know, creating music studio. Uh, this has got to be killing you, right? To have to be hunkered down at well, home. Well, you know what?
4: I gotta tell you, I, I'm, I'm. Pretty much, I wouldn't call it a, a homebody, but when I get working, like in my house, there's a guitar, electric, acoustic. There's, there's a guitar here everywhere. There's tape decks. I'm always writing, and with Rat, it's pretty much of a schematic sound we work with. So if I'm writing with Juan or somebody, we know what's, you know, what's what's going to be Rat music. Um, the benefit I have um, as you mentioned with my catalog of work is I get to try and, and experiment. And it's not really experiment because I'm a fan of all kinds of music, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, and, and I make it my, uh, intentions to know what's going on. And I like to try different things. I have an independent label. I release what I want, when I want. And, right on so it, it, it's it's all, all right. good but i this doesn't bother me that much i mean you know we still go to the beach we'll still do what we do and and uh, it's just the shows it's just a drag that uh, these shows you know people are trying to find different ways to do shows and you know how about you sit on my shoulder six high and then uh you know uh, go to a concert um uh, I don't know. Um I like everybody else, we're just all waiting to see what happens here. But my life hasn't pretty much I write all the time. I'm not like a, a prince, uh twenty four seven. Um right. but I I like to write all the time, as much as I can because I'm constantly writing. I'm getting work, getting ready to uh work on my sixth solo record. Um With Eric Ferrantino as my co-writer there. And Juan and I are working on some new rap music, actually. Right. Uh, On. That's awesome. So, so, yeah, there's a lot going on. Whether we put out a record, uh, that's up in the air. But, I mean, I've been releasing, you know, songs here and there while we've been sitting around going, I don't know why people can complain. You can get in a studio, you can put out records, you can make a song, you know,
1: <laughs> you can do But it is of festival things. season, it is summer, and I gotta imagine for someone who yeah. loves to as much as you, this has to be fucking really aggravating. It's, it's a real fucking because <laughs> <laughs> we, like, yeah,
4: we, we were ready to go. I, we were on all cylinders are fired up and we were ready to get out there with an ass kicking set. And then this happened and eh, you just deal with it, it, you
2: know? It, and Stephen, you're completely healthy because I know a good part of 2019 into early 2020, you had, you know, knee surgeries mm. and things of that sort. So you were really oh, yeah. ready to, to kick it off literally. And um, yeah. just real quick, can you just explain yeah. to people, because if anybody has seen a rat show or any type, you're, you're, you're into it. You're really into it. Mm-hmm. And, just the, Can you just explain to people like the wear and tear that I don't think people really realize the wear and tear that doing live shows can put on bands, especially ones that have been doing it as long as you guys. So, you know, I think a lot mm-hmm. of people take it for granted, if you will. And um, can you just explain to people how, how rigorous that is?
4: You know, it's like my old manager used to say, you know, rock and roll is a dangerous occupation. You know, I think it's up mm-hmm. there in the top top ten. And for reasons being, it's just not, you know, the extracurricular activities that take us down, you know? And you get out there and me, I flip the switch and then I turn into this guy out there. I walk off stage. I flip that switch off, and I've learned to do this. But you know, when you're running around for years, and you know, and, and we came from the era of David, we rock doing splits, jumping off risers, and so you got to go, Yeah, hey, I can do that, I can try that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hitting those notes with a vice grip on your nuts. Your producer, oh going, god, you can do it, you can <laughs> do
1: it, and then when you go, do, and then you go try to do it live, and you suck, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me kind of pivot back to your body of work because this is really amazing to me. And um over the years there's been times that you've kind of fallen off my radar and when I went back and mm-hmm. looked at it, I was just fucking blown away. Mm-hmm. A lot of the metal bands, like I said, they kind of I, I went to a metal concert, like three bands were playing like maybe ten years ago. And I mm-hmm. like all their songs were from the eighties. But you're just mm-hmm. keep putting out music and putting out new music. What do you think mm-hmm. keeps you driven? I mean, you could surely just kind of do the rap thing forever and make a living. What do you think keeps you driven to just keep creating and taking on new projects? You know, I I
4: just like to write. I mean, people think... I mean, for years, people thought all you did was just get out there and get fucked up and yell at you, you know? Exactly, Um, yeah. No, I was writing songs and, and, you know, uh, lyrics, the whole ball of wax, doing my own thing. I mean, I've been writing my own song since seventy seven with Mickey Ratt. So I just got into this thing so I just like um I love to write.
1: Let me follow up with this too, because you have done so many different types of genres. You've taken on punk and you've taken on industrial and that's yeah. not even counting, you know, the different types of metal that you've done. I'm always looking for the next thing. I get bored pretty easy. Is that kind of what's going on? You're always looking to top yourself and looking for the next thing, or are you just in a, like a manic, perpetual state of writing all the time? I'm just, you know, I'm not like this crazy frenzy, but I mean, I just like to
4: write. I'm always writing, and my partner uh, uh, with my solo works, uh, Eric Ferentino's, He is so brilliant. I mean, any given time, I'll get three songs. What do you like about this? Okay, I'll go. I like it all. I'll get in the studio, start tracking songs, and then he'll throw another one at me and I'll go scrap that. We're recording this. (laughs) It's just ongoing. And um, it's never changed. I just like to write. You know, I love to write. I can sit and write with anybody, whether it's a number one hit. I really don't care it's all nice and dandy but i just like writing music you know it it's uh, it's very gratifying you know
2: is there a difference between um your writing styles for for rat as it is for doing solo work or is, or do you do you approach it pretty much the same way
4: um good question because i start out writing stuff for rat and then sometimes you know it just it could be a little too you know hardcore metal like like VD, mm-hmm. Vicious Delight, that thing, you know, those songs are like two-minute-long punk songs, you know?
3: <laughs> I was probably
4: just in some angry state of mind and went, fuck this.
0: go <laughs> something called VD, <laughs> you know? So, it,
4: but it is different. I know right away if it's a rat song or if it's not. And we've got so much music ready to go. Juan and I are going through songs right now. Um, because we haven't released live, uh, everybody else has released rat bootleg this live that some of it, great. Some of it I've actually reclaimed. Um, and we're going to try to get something out next year. We're going to try to get something out next year and, uh, hopefully people will dig it. I mean, it will be rat and roll. That's for sure. I mean, did COVID
1: I, were you trying to get a new rat album this year of the rat, just like you did with Out of the seller? No, I would love to. I mean, we didn't know. It was, I mean, geez, we found out uh,
4: the year of the rat was 2020 and we were fired up, ready to go and then got a flat tire.
0: <laughs> but
4: Yeah, no, it would have been nice. It would have been uh, nice to release something like that. But nowadays people are releasing greatest hits of this new box set here that i mean we can't even keep up with them anymore
1: yeah that's for sure hey so here's the deal we have mostly um we're from the punk world so we have mostly like punk and indie bands here every once in a while we'll have metal bands come through but we haven't had Mm -hmm. anybody at your level like headlining Mm -hmm. stadiums and i'm really Mm -hmm. curious about this When you're in a metal band in the 80s, and I think I read that you like flew off to Japan and then grunge hit and Nirvana and Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. And then you come home and the metal scene starts evaporating and those stadiums aren't as full and that audience starts to go away. How do Mm -hmm. you push forward? I mean, dude, if this podcast gets 50 less downloads next month, I'll crawl into a fucking emo hole for a month. Like how does, like, <laughs> well, here's, here's, here's like how coming home that. and those audiences are gone. I didn't believe
4: it. I don't believe it. I never will. Look, it, you know, right music is music. It'll be here forever. We all know that. um, um mm-hmm. so so, as far as I see it is is it didn't go anywhere. It, it was just I mean, look, I didn't like looking at bands. The songs were kind of cool, but they looked like my rowdies. You know, um, I I come from the school of, hey, let's get some entertainment out. So that was the best thing about the 80s. Anything went, you know, was exciting, dangerous. It was it was everything you could have anybody from Madonna to rat to this to that. I mean, it was a beautiful decade, you know, yeah, um, yeah. whoever labeled it,
1: uh, knew this, knew that they can go to hell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you remember,
1: like, taking limos? When I was in high school, people took limos to rock concerts. It was such a big deal. Yeah, right? It didn't shock me. I just didn't buy it.
4: Rock is dead. New wave audience. It's true. It was a new thing. There were too many of the 80s bands coming out of the woodwork. And that's what did it. That's all. That's what did it. And, and you know what, though? Now I listen to music, and I can't hear anything worth the shit out there. You know? I like other new bands, you know, solo artists and, and people like that. But I have yet to hear a band. There's one band I've heard out here on LA radio. <laughs> I don't quite catch their name. Um, but they they seem to be pretty good. But I haven't, uh, you know, I'm not into hearing a Zeppelin cover band. I'm not into, right. you know stuff like that. Look, I even I'm so influenced by Zeppelin, I can't help sometimes to have a piece of that come out of me, you know? But but uh you know what? Hey, music is still music to me. When this veil of cloud lifts, we're going to get back to normal.
2: I know a lot of bands have basically said, "Okay, well, 2020 is a wash, so everything that we were going to do in 2020, we're going to move it to 2021." Is, is that is is that the plan for uh Rat?
4: that was the hopes that this tour yeah. and it still might it still might have the same legs we just don't know i mean it's the craziest yeah. thing yeah. to not fucking know what you're doing it's like this is what we do but this is why i'm comfortable in in my shoes or no shoes is is because i'm doing this anyway i'm writing songs you know i got the girl i i you know Staying, uh, you know, walking the fine straight line. Uh, there's no need for nonsense. It's, uh, you know, it's get this over with so we can get some rat and roll out there. You know.
1: And speaking of go. rat and roll, I'm glad you said that, man. I I really want to bring this up. I started reading it in your memoirs, "Sex, Drugs, and Rat and Roll: My Life in the Rock," and yeah. man, the life you have fucking led, I couldn't even process. Walking in your shoes back then. (laughs) But I want to ask you this two-part question. One, (laughs) looking back 30 years ago in the the 80s, heyday – do you, yeah. are you surprised you made it this far? You lived this long? And two, are you pretty happy with your legacy? Um, I'm very happy with
4: the legacy. Yeah, it, it's just unfortunate that, you know, uh, uh, we lost Rob. And I knew right away we were just going to, you know, if the band continued uh, going through, you know, not going through the motions. We give it all we can, you know. And uh, I'm c- kind of glad that I kind of took those pretty much off the road because that's when all that nonsense started oh grunge rock right. and you know Boulder rock uh, whatever you want to call it and and so that was good you know and then I started arcade tried something different and I was very happy keeping you know but then again rats the baby and I fired it back up in 97 and right here we are Juan and I and and you know I got to tell you we are not the most what would you call it? Dysfunctional bands on the planet. (laughs) Uh Yeah, people think we are and I'm like, please. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) So,
0: hey,
4: at least we're at least we've uh, stayed around long enough to see the uh, year of the rat. We're going to try to give you some new music. I'm sure we will. I've always got some stuff going on. And And uh, even getting in the studio, studio, uh, it's a bit of a challenge. Getting easier because everybody's got home studios and there is ways to to make music. I mean, you don't need a 50-piece orchestra to turn somebody on you know I just hope everybody uh you know gets ready for the big party because it's gonna go down and, and I gotta say one thing it's very unfortunate to have lost Frankie Benelli who was uh, oh
1: yeah I heard about good. it's happening more and more I guess as we get this age I know. I'm not that much younger well, than you we're in our late 40s and I've seen a lot of cats that I grew up enjoying especially the ones that are a little bit of a generation ahead of me passing away yeah. and it's kind of scary too well, you know, rock and roll
4: is is uh it keeps you youthful, but it depends on what you do to yourself to maintain that you know unfortunately some of us i mean when you when somebody gives you these platinum debauchery cards you use them you know oh yeah i can
1: imagine And <laughs> hey, let me ask you something else about the book because i, I imagine this was a lot to take on and i know we we're talking a little bit about it before we went on air um what do you yeah. think was the biggest thing you learned about yourself writing this book and was there shit being brought up you're like dude i hadn't even thought about that in 30 years well i gotta tell you and i'm very honest it's not
4: that i'm forgetful or or uh, a stupid man i don't remember when this band started we didn't have a moment to rest for like eight years straight and wow that that pretty much could uh you know
2: beat you up did you find out more about yourself after you wrote the book
4: yeah i did because yeah. you know i really like i said we were just pressed that go button and we were ready to take on the world and we did
1: mm-hmm.
4: and um you know i mean even now thinking about it it's crazy. But what the book did is I wanted to be honest, you know, I wanted to put something in there that, you know, yeah, it's all fun and games. And if you make it, when you make it, I don't like to say if, um, you know, you got to be prepared, I mean, or have some awareness because uh it, it could take you down real fast
0: you yeah know? and yeah. what
4: i and and all i wanted to do with the book was just give a little honesty you know like hey you can get addicted to this your brother can die of this you know your friends mm-hmm. can this and i actually my main point is is I had to get a hold of my old security guys, a couple of them, and concierges because I couldn't remember anything. <laughs> I was
3: like,
1: Yeah,
3: I don't I was remember. Saying, man,
4: some of that shit must have surprised you. Uh, it did. Like I didn't know. I was like, I don't know if it got in the book. Asking Michael Jackson if he wanted a beer or uh, uh, hanging out with so and so or whoever. You just don't think about it, you know. <laughs> Right, that's, right, right. That's what I love. That's what I love back then. It's like, you know, there's Duran Duran, ten feet away, there's rats, oh, there's a Madonna, oh, there's a so and so. It was a beautiful thing, you know. That's awesome. Wow. I was just yeah.
1: watching um D Snyder, a Twisted Sister documentary about two weeks ago. We were talking about it here on the show, and Motley Crue yeah. came out with that biopic on Netflix Dirt. And it just got me to thinking. <laughs> rats seems like they should really have a documentary or biopic. What's going on that you guys don't have a any kind of rat movie? Well, well, I, I, like I said, I
4: that idea was brought up actually not just saying it a couple years before Motley or anybody decided to. I mean, it's not new. Come on, Spinal Tap. Come on! Right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, that might have been. That might have yeah. been the real. Yeah, Spinal Tap might have been the one <laughs> that woke everybody up. Hey, let's do one of those. Um,
0: <laughs> so yeah,
4: we we thought about it, and you know what? We're probably actually gonna get there because there's so much. We have so much footage in the vault. We have songs never released, and maybe one of them will pop up uh, next year. You know, so we'll see what happens. We got that a lot of wow,
1: Amazing, man.
4: We've got a couple
1: songs from uh, actually the out of the cellar sessions that might uh, pop up. You know let me kind of follow up with this too. I was watching this VH1 storyteller behind the music or whatever about rat. And I've read several things about you guys. Do you think you get a fair shake when people talk about rat's legacy or is it something nobody can understand unless they fucking was actually there and lived it because it was just so insane.
4: Mm, I, I don't, you know, we were always more concerned with the music. I mean, you know, when Robin and I pretty much started straight, you know, Putting those schematics together for the band you know we were hanging out with motley and they were trying to find their nets. we were trying to do ours um I just we just go about our our way we weren't concerned and we're still not we know you, you I'll put my band up against any band number one so I'm not intimidated by anybody. When it comes to throwing down, laying it down, whatever, but uh-huh. but I'm sure I'm sure we'll get one, we'll get uh, something out there for the people. There's too much stuff, you know. There's too much stuff out there.
2: Hey, Steve, I got a question for you. Um, it this is yeah. a sort of this is this is a this is an odd, odd question, but what is the one unique cover that you uh, heard of you of you guys that you would not have ever expected?
4: Matter of fact, yes, there's a band out of my. Uh, Basebird Studio, MT Studios, my solo band. Um, mm-hmm. Oh my God! Top of my head, I think. The, oh, there. I think they might have been called the Eels, maybe not. I'll find out. But okay. anyway, they wanted they wanted to do a cover of Round and Round, and and I go, okay, uh, sure, go through the right source, whatever. And I happen to know the guy. He goes, "What well, would you sing on it?" And I'm like, "Fuck, sure, why not?" I don't know. I'll sing backups on it, sure so i did but the version they did was so insane it was um kind of an acoustic half beat kind of a thing i i liked it so much uh, i made a record called stripped unplugged rat tunes it was recorded live at the key club and i literally ripped off their version
1: of my song <laughs> 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 that right there, that's some inception shit right there. That's awesome right there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah my like, Thanks, guys. That was so good. Fuck, I'm keeping it.
4: I like it, and I and I, <laughs> I played it actually, on a short acoustic tour. It was it was it was really cool. That's that's one of them.
1: Um, that's great. And, that's
4: uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah.
1: Do you think um yeah, you could ever – I know over the years you've left Rat a few times and you've come back and you all, all roads always yeah. end up back to Rat. Do you think at this sure. point you could ever leave Rat and all things Rat-related for good or is Rat just encoded on your DNA and you'll be doing Rat in some sure. incarnation for the rest of your life?
4: Yeah, I I, I make a pun, you know, rats can't be exterminated, but it's true. You know, I I created the monster. (laughs) I created the monster with a great with with, you know, the great king, Robin Crosby. And and the guys, you know, warned everybody and and uh, we kind of surprised ourselves, you know, and yes, it'll always be rap because it was my baby. You know, I you know, I mean, I was doing everything in the beginning, no pat on my back, but, you know, I had to, you know, uh, shop. Uh, I had to book gigs. I was the agent, the singer guy, the songwriter did. So I just, it just, that's just what I did, you know.
1: Well, let's kind of move away from Rad. I want to talk about your solo yeah. stuff. And you know, full disclosure, when you hear sure. somebody's gone out solo, you kind of cringe and go, "Oh boy, what's this going to be like?" And I looked you up what? and um, I started listening to "View to a Thrill," and I gotta uh-huh. tell you, man, that is Excellent. a fucking outstanding album. Yes, oh, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And it's got a real, and I don't know if this is just a name in the cover, it gave it kind of that 007 Spy vibe, but Uh, the the vibe of this album, it it just fucking blew me away. I was literally very, very surprised. I was like, oh my God, dude, this is so much better than I hoped it would be.
4: Well, I appreciate that. We did a lot of work. Like I say, Eric Ferentino is my uh, right hand man on some solo stuff and you know we just write like machines and we go we go in to do uh records now we know everything that we're doing and uh, you know we leave no stone unturned we wanted to try different things keyboards this that i don't know uh uh, uh we just we throw in the kitchen think if possible but try to keep it rock anything that sounded like rat I'd try to keep out of the mix, but you're correct. Yeah. I'm I'm a full blown Bond aficionado and I did uh uh make the concept around uh double uh, O, definitely. <laughs>
1: yeah, and like I, I said, man, when you do an album like this, especially the solo stuff, are you the kind of artist that's like, okay, this is done? Because I know a lot of people are like, oh, I could do one more tweak. I could do one more tweak and they get bogged down and like can just mm-hmm. kind of never get the project done. Or do you know mm-hmm. when something's done and when to walk away and go, all right, it's ready. I know when to walk away. And and usually your first few takes are the takes. And
4: you know, this stuff you learn years and years and years. And, and, but we pretty much go in there prepared, you know, uh, with the solo stuff and it, i don't know if you heard smash the record before view uh was uh we're very happy with that record too you know so the next solo record let me tell you something it's gonna be all of those records vicious delight rat arcade mixed in one matter of fact look up look at my uh facebook uh in a couple days or a day i'm going to put up a song that uh, eric and i have demoing and it'll give you an idea of how crazy this next record's going to be oh
1: nice have it's you heard exactly.
4: uh, the single off of uh, uh view to a
1: thrill I- i'll send you some stuff yeah please exactly. do man yeah and the fans want to hear it okay well speaking of yeah. you um to a thrill we're going to play some you only live twice is there anything you want to tell us about this song before we hit play
4: I fucking love that song.
1: (laughs) You heard it here, folks? (laughs) concrete pirate himself steven Piercy, and we've got so much more to talk about hey this is something i want to hit on man and i know it's probably important to you a lot of people don't know that you actually started off playing guitar and you do still do a huge amount of songwriting on guitar to this day yes yeah 100 percent. yeah i'm uh
4: well the interesting story you know it's in the book uh, the the whole scenario about that you know i got smashed up Somebody gave me a guitar, and I just self-taught. And next thing you know, I'm wanting to start a band called Mickey Rat. I don't know.
1: But, you know, you know it was it's crazy reading that book and the circumstances around you being, like, trapped in a bed. Someone gives you a guitar, and you're, like, not really interested. Well, I can't take this yeah. back to my sister. Like, throw it in the garbage if you want, but hold on to it. And you were so enamored with, you know, stock cars, funny cars. You wanted to be a race car driver, the youngest yeah, race yeah. car driver. And I just Correct. feel like this cosmic Bill and Ted quantum leap, it's a wonderful life type thing happen, and the cosmos – kind of forced you into the music world because the 80s needed rap. That would be nice to believe. I'll tell you. I
4: mean, you know, um, that is an interesting thing because I didn't, I really had nothing to do with music. You know, I I, I, nothing at all, you know, and, you know, when I moved to San Diego from LA, a friend of mine kept trying to get me to go see a band called Van Halen play Gazaris, right? So it took me a while to see them, and I ended up seeing them, and that's when I was uh, um, into the music, just getting into it, and after I saw them, it was like, nah, I know what I'm doing now.
1: Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's just funny. Amazing. When stuff's happening, you don't realize it, but when you kind of look back at the lineage and see how mm-hmm. the trajectory of your life, you're like, wow, man, if I had just gone the other way, things would be so different. Um, Yes, I would have been six feet under if I went the other way. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people can Ooh. say that, man. It's I, I like. Well, I had a choice, go straight or turn the bike. I decided to turn the bike. Yeah, <laughs> and that little thing, there that little bottom leap moment gave the world rat. That's fucking crazy when you think about it like that.
4: I mean, it was interesting because wow. at, at the time, when I moved my band to L.A. in 1980, because I was seeing Van Halen, I'd just become their friends now, or Ed's buddy, and I wish him well. And, um, started trading guitars and stuff. And then it was like, forget it. I'm moving to LA, January 1, 1980. And wow. we're gonna make it, you know, that, was that is
1: fucking incredible. You know, um, one of the things we've got to touch on before we get out of here, and I know you're probably sick sure. of talking about it, but it's something yeah. I'm sure the fans want to hear about. The Geico commercial. Um, how did this come about? And when this comes across your desk, are you like, oh, my God, we've never done a commercial. This is awesome. Or you're like, well, let's see what the offer is. And, yeah, we'll do it. Like, were you excited about it? Or is it just kind of lukewarm on the whole thing?
4: We were we were fucking ecstatic.
0: <laughs>
4: really?
1: <laughs> we were,
4: because we had never had a national commercial. And we're like, can you believe this? We're going on this huge tour, headlining this huge tour. Great bands and we've got this national commercial, let's go. And then, eh, got a flat tire, you know. But uh, I'll tell you, the commercial was a lot of fun. You know, it, it went through one channel, got to my bass player, got to Juan, got to our management, and the next thing you know, we're shooting this commercial, having a great time.
2: Hey, Steven, you know, what's so funny about the whole thing is that, um, like, before I, before I go and do a podcast, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go down and – uh, do the podcast with Nick and Dee, the kids are like, oh, who do, who are you having on? And, um, you know, and I tell them who the artist is. I'm so I'm like, so I'm like, so they're like, hey, who are you having on? I'm like, uh, Stephen Piercy from Rat. And they're like, and mind you, they're 11, 5, and 7. So they're like, yeah. my son, of course, the 11-year-old is like, uh, dad has a rat problem. So that's what's <laughs> wow. so amazing because... You know, me me and my wife Susan, we know you from the band, but my kids know you from the commercial, which is so it's so amazing to me, because they're like, yeah. that's a band? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm talking to the guy, the singer, and they were like, oh my gosh, that's awesome, you know, that's like the biggest thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it,
4: it it was definitely, it, it was definitely, a, it was the best thing we could have done just to do. It's one thing we've never done is a national commercial. You know, I've I've done tidbits of you know B movie stuff and mm-hmm. posting here and there, but uh, that was a little different. And it, but it was a whole lot of fun. I mean, you know, it, it was good. It was a, uh, it was amazing. And what I mean, what can I say? You know, and and by the way, it, it's so funny. I have this uh, grandma lives next door to me. I bump into her once in a while, and she didn't really know who I was. And she goes, "Are you on a commercial?"
3: And I go, <laughs> huh? "I go, how was you?"
4: I go, how would you know that? She goes, You've got a lot of energy. And I'm like, Don't kid yourself, lady. My
1: my knees are imploding, you know. Smoking beers, baby, smoking
0: beers. <laughs> hey,
1: before we get out of here, just because this is something I'm fascinated with, I, I ran across a yeah. YouTube channel that accused yeah. you and your guitarist Eric, of being in the Illuminati. And this yeah. fucking dude goes on to talk about the, your video ten miles wide. And he's just making right. all these stupid connections. He's like, Stephen Pearcy has 78 profile pics. And if you divide 78 by the number in a bushel of bananas times four, uh-huh. it's the number of skulls on a coat of arms, <laughs> you know, right. for the fucking skull and bones or whatever. I mean, is this something that's on your radar? Do you know about this dude's video, like just breaking this video down to accuse you of well, being in the Illuminati? Here's here's what I got out of that.
4: We had private uh, uh, guitar auditions, Right. I don't want to dwell too much. We had uh, guitar auditions, and I think this uh, this person, you know, he obviously didn't make the cut. So he had something to say. I think if this is the same character, but, it is. You know, on the other on the other end of the spectrum, I like to fuck with people. So yeah, you know, I'm like I
1: told my my uh, video guy, I went man, throw some good shit in there, you know.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I, I have
1: a platform. My life would become like street theater. Like I, I would just put out my next album with all this Da Vinci Code, like iconography yeah. on it. And his, the initials of the pod, his YouTube channel is G E N. So I would name the album like Jen Rat. I would Photoshop his nose. I'd cut the dude's nose out that's in this video and put it like on <laughs> across <laughs> his face and put it on the album. And then I would have one of your friends who's not connected with you; they wouldn't know. Write them and be like, "Dude, I'm a big fan of your podcast. I just saw the new Rat album. Is that your nose on Alice or Qualley's face?" And I would just like drive yeah, the right. guy <laughs> the thing. Like if I had no shit, drivers, I would just drive the guy bonkers.
4: That that's fucking great. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I thought it was hysterical. And then, and then I, you know, and then I just ended up
1: telling Eric it works.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, <boy>. Yep. <laughs> but the crazy yeah. connections about you being an Illuminati, just breaking this video down, and just all these weird numbers. That I mean, you can make numbers say anything if you try hard.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah. And you know what? I mean, look, you got enough goofy ass people out there trying to push
4: that shit on people, and I don't need to oh, be yeah, one of them. Man. I was just. I was just fucking with
1: people, and I didn't think um, the old the whole metalist satanic thing was even around anymore. And those PMRC days was shit pretty intense when you had all those groups protesting metal from the inside. Was it intense for guys? Yeah, like- I'll tell you, yeah, because we opened up for Ozzy after Motley left the, their tour. We did
4: uh, U.S., Canada, and Europe with them. Uh, he'd mm-hmm. have uh, death threats every night. Sometimes he wouldn't play, so we'd have to find a gig to play somewhere you know and that shit was crazy and i gotta hand it to d snyder i love d d is like
1: yeah yeah.
4: if alice cooper isn't president
1: or d snyder uh frank zappa should have been you know Oh, there yeah, I'm go. a big Cooper Andy go. Schneider fan, for sure. Yeah, and when yep, he took on the yep. PMRC, and let's not forget the unsung hero, John Denver, man. They were, like, throwing oh. rocket ship rides from yeah. NASA yeah. in his face, and he still went up there and stood up for metal.
2: You yes, he are did. correct. Yes, he yeah. did. Yes, he did.
1: Very much yeah. so. John That's- Denver. So, are you guys,
4: do you have any venues or anything out over in your parts that are opened up or starting
2: to crack?
1: No, not here in Knoxville, No no not here in
2: baltimore not in baltimore they're still sort of and you know merriweather's over
1: there but they're they sort of postponed everything as well for right now
4: yeah we were supposed to do that what the m3 yeah yeah so
1: hopefully all right let me finish up with this i want to do something fun for the fans and I want to ask you kind of some unusual rapid fire questions. These are questions you've probably never had before, but I want to kind of put the human spin on it and get to know the other side of Stephen Piercy if you'll indulge me. All right, put your mask on. All right, my mask is on. Let's go. There you go. Do you believe in ghosts? Oh yeah. I believe in all kinds of that groovy shit.
4: My my whole trip is is I'm a little outside here. I'm not some freak, but there are some things that i take seriously that some people might think are just you know blowing in the wind but yeah i do sure i believe in god too
1: i mean you're preaching to the choir on ghosts i grew up in a house where we had many strange experiences all right let's move on um do you have a go-to dish or a comfort food any ice cream ice cream you scream we all scream for ice cream there you go. Um, Here's a hard one. Do you remember your first kiss and who it was with?
4: No, and I wouldn't care.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. I would expect no less. All right. Name a band <laughs> you listen to that might surprise people. You know, I do like Duran Duran. I love the fix.
4: I love uh, some of these. A lot of that music it never left. You know, I listen to everything because, you know, indie label guy, whatever. Um. Mm-hmm. I listen to I listen to really interesting stuff. I mean, you know, it's not just That's like awesome. I mean I can throw I can throw on painkiller and have a great day, or I can throw on some kind of mellow country, whatever. I think I, I I'm probably the only rocker who knew who Garth Brooks was before he hit it.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, wow. but it's obvious, right? Because you've done industrial, yeah. you've done punk, you've been across the spectrum, so it's obvious you're pretty open minded. I mean, I remember when I was a headbanger. And, like, I was just a snob, and I was like, I will only listen to metal. And some – we were playing metal songs on a bus Mm. on a field trip, and then we listened to, like, 20 metal songs, and some kid tried to put on that song. Do you remember, like, doing the button and – Oh, yeah, EU. Yeah, Yeah, And I was like, I don't want to listen to that stuff. And everybody's like, dude, we've been listening to metal all day. Let someone else, like, listen to something else. (laughs) And I was such a close prick yeah. back then. I didn't want anything to do with anything that wasn't metal. But you don't seem to have that problem. You're like I said, expansive. No, metal. but I'm hardcore. I mean, look, I was fortunate enough to see Zeppelin Live three
4: times.
0: Oh wow. And when That's that awesome. when wow. that
4: happened, that and that was when I was just starting Mickey Rat, right? Once that mm-hmm. was done, I saw him twice in San Diego, Monday and a Friday, I remember. And then I saw them in L.A. Uh, once, but w- when I saw them, it was like, all right, this is it, you know. And then it, yep. and then it was the meeting with Ed, and then I was just like, this is crazy. I wanted to be a guitar player, and actually, the the first band, a friend of mine. Uh, 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 the lead guitar player for Mickey Rap back in the day. I went to go audition for this band. He's like, yeah, come on, come on, come along. And I go, bring my guitar and I'm ready to be Mr. Guitar Player in this band. They go, well, we already have guitar players. Um, You look kind of cool. Can you sing? And I'm like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) I don't want to be a (laughs) singer. I go. I don't want to be a singer, but I took the gig, and and there you. Then I then I decided. Okay, I can play guitar. Now let me see if I can sing and play. Oh, okay, I can do that. Now let me. uh uh-oh, There's David. Then I saw David
1: Lee Roth, and I went. Ah time to be a singer <laughs> <You know? laughs> and the rest is rat right history um, speaking That's of your it, original man. bands those original bands yeah. fire dome crystal pistol do you still stay in contact with those guys are you still friends with the people from your original couple bands i am very good friends still
4: with uh the original guys in mickey rat one of them had passed the bass player the drummer guitar player yeah um he actually ended Uh-oh. up playing rough cut one of the guitar players And, uh, yeah, we in we stay in touch and that's the brilliant thing. You know, um, as, as weird of an occupation, this is, I, I had some buddies that kept me pretty grounded, even though we were flying about 12 feet high every minute of the day, but,
0: uh, it was
1: a good thing. Okay. Got a couple more for you. Is there anything left on your bucket list or have you just slayed every dragon, conquered every kingdom? Um... No, I do have one. I want to, I want
4: to uh, sing with Robert Plant. Wow. And I've, 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 I've jammed with Hallford. That was an amazing feat. Um, I've jammed with Blue Oyster Cult, who are my, I love that. Nice. I've jammed with everybody and everybody. I've met Plant.
1: I've met Paige, but, I want to jam with Plant, and then my job's done. You have to have the credentials to make that happen though. Right. I mean, you can set something up with plant, right? Mm, It's a possibility. He knew, I knew his nickname. It's Percy. And I'm like, well, I'm Percy. He goes, I know who (laughs) you are. I went, I went, thank (laughs) you.
0: (laughs) There you go. All right.
1: Let me get, got two more here. What is a tradition, a holiday tradition in a Percy home, a Christmas, Halloween, whatever. Give me one holiday tradition. Um, as in like, what do you mean, like uh, drinking eggnog
4: on Christmas or something?
1: Yeah, I mean, we always do um, gingerbread houses here at my house. So it doesn't have to be Christmas. It could be New Year's Eve, oh, Halloween, yeah, St. Yeah. Patrick's Day, anything. Yeah, I got you. Well, we're pretty festive here. We like to uh,
4: uh, be a little festive, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure, any, any anything, <laughs> any, anything, any, anything, anything that, you know, Hey man, anything to enjoy life, you know? I mean I'll put it this man. way, speaking of, I was so ready on Halloween going, Yeah, all right, you little freaks, I'll give you some fucking <laughs> candy. Nobody <laughs> came over.
2: <What? laughs> oh, I gave it's, up. It's, it really hit or miss.
1: See, when you're off work, you got nothing to do, what does an average day for Stephen Pearce look like? Are you lounging around in your pajamas watching cartoons? Are you out there mowing mm. the lawn? Like what's just a normal day for you as a person? No.
4: Uh, my normal day pretty much is uh, get up, feed the animals, take the dog for a stroll because he's a new a new guy, and then uh, right. any bu- any business on hand, and then if I feel like playing, I'll go in there and record. I still record on a cassette deck, just like we did. We went round and round on two cassette decks, dude, bouncing oh, tracks back and back. So wow. I still, I'm
1: still old school,
4: you know, even though even though there's studios and tracks in here, I still love and just push play and recording and firing up the amp, you know, and then I try to get a little touchy feely in there with the girl. You know
1: what I'm saying? I know hey, what you're man. saying, Steven. That's a beautiful place to <laughs> <laughs> All righty, man. I want to thank you so much for being so generous yes, with your time. Man. Thank you, Before Steven. you get out of here, where can we find you on yeah. the internet?
4: Um, you can go to, I guess, on Facebook. It's official Stephen Piercy. And then there's uh, – or just go to the rat officials. There's been some uh, imposters. Somebody just sent me one today, so I don't know. Mine will say official. Or I'll have some crazy Illuminati
1: symbol. <laughs> There you go. I need a Dakota ring to meet you, Stephen. Yeah, that will blow
2: people's minds.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, Stephen. I can't thank you enough, man. Thank you, Stephen, man. You, Steven, been, man. Nice you guys year. are way cool. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. It's it is nice. time to wrap this up. We'll be back in a couple of weeks right. with King Buzzo. Um, just an editorial note, we're going to be taking most of October off because me and Dee yep. have a special project we're working on that we need to focus on, and I don't want to give out the details for yet. Right, Dee?
3: Yeah, but can't you just tell me? We want to do a documentary nope. next
1: year. I don't you. want anyone to seal the idea.
3: I'm not, te- st- I'm not telling the idea. I'm just saying we're going to do a documentary next year.
1: And D is a uh, D does um, drafts or grant writing, I guess you would call it in her mm-hmm. day job. You have
3: experience.
1: Well, that? I used to. Mm-hmm. Used to for Casa, right? So um, you're going to write, try to get us some grants to do this documentary. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be <laughs> educational, and I think you're going to get it done for us, man. We're going to buy an RV and hit the road.
3: I think it's really, I think it's going to be a great story to tell, and I think it's very important um, to yeah. document it. So that's all I'm going to say. Um, check us out on musicalosmosis.com. Uh, check out our new Everythings. There's all kinds of great stuff over there. And uh, take it sleazy, y'all. <laughs>